already need Tums right now? Yeah, man. Have you watched the team? <laughs> Keeping you posted on the biggest contest in football. This is The Rivalry. Sponsored by Raisin Game. I did not call to play. I came to dominate. Dominate. Welcome back to the Rivalry Podcast. My name is Mitch. He is Jace. We are your garbage-free sports show for this wacky 2020 season. Hope you're doing well. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. There is only, in checking notes at the moment, there is only 31 days left until the game. That's not... 31 days left until the game. Can you start taking Tums for something that you're going to have in about a month? Absolutely. Because I'm going to need a few of those. Do you already need Tums right now? Yeah, man. Have you watched the (laughs) team? I have a whole three sheets of notes here and none of them are positive. But let's let's start with man. This is this is let's start I, with. I'm almost Ohio sad State. for you. Yeah, let's, let's, you're not though. Let's start with Ohio <laughs> State. Uh, you don't have a game this weekend. Yes, that's just in. Ohio State will not play at Maryland this weekend. So, which is a bummer. It is a bummer because we don't get to play a, a tongue of Iowa at a quarterback. Uh, do I think that this would have been a game that Ohio State would have lost? No, I, there were, I think it's possible. Of course, because you get on the football field, it's possible. But if you're looking at every other statistic, Ohio State is literally better in every single category than Maryland as well as being 25-point favorites, which is very close to what the game spread was for this last weekend against Rutgers. The only difference, though, is that Rutgers' offense is nowhere close to Tugavailoa and that Maryland offense. And I was looking for, I'm not saying they would have won, but I was looking forward to seeing an Ohio State defense that, as we'll say in a second, has still not looked rock solid, have to play against an actual offense, I don't not know. Rutgers. Zedral, <laughs> not the- Rutgers or Nebraska. The- Actually, Vedral has kind of looked somewhat similar to how Tungavailoa has looked. In this last game against Ohio State, he threw the ball okay. 33 times. I'm not I'm not joking. He threw the ball 33 times, only connected on 22 of them and 170 yards. So, Get out. compared Get to out. Justin Fields who threw 28 times, so almost just as many and he connected on 24 of them, doubled the yardage for 314 yards and had 5 touchdowns this wouldn't have been close it's it's ohio state it's justin fields it's garrett wilson it's chris olave just doing what they do well, best. nobody is again nobody's arguing that maryland would have beat ohio state and again that's all hypothetical we can't do much with it but it's it's no one is arguing that maryland's defense is good i'm saying that ohio state's defense is not nearly as good as everyone has made them out to be i think it is and and you gave up like almost 30 points to Rutgers yeah, and Maryland but, is infinitely better than Rutgers. But is. let's look at this. Let's look at this. This is Ohio State at home. The fourth quarter begins. It is 42 to nine, which is a score that you would expect. Normally, you would take the starting guys out, put the second string in. And instead, when it's 42 to nine against Rutgers at home at a late game, you you let up some garbage time points. This is not this is not unfamiliar for Ohio State. The this, fact that you still have starters in at the end of the game though it should be concerning ryan no, day said it's 42 ryan to 9 ryan looked at it and said hey i thought oh yeah i'd throw him back out there for another score and it just never happened you got outscored 24 what was it 24 to 14 in the second half it wasn't a good showing in the second half you let your foot off the pedal and ruckers made you pay for it and that should at least at least give you a little bit of pause to say okay 
what happened to the motivation in the second half? No, it I'm, has to. I'm not. I'm not concerned. If it's if you're going into the fourth quarter against Rutgers and you've only given up nine points all game, like, am I okay with some garbage points? Absolutely. Am I okay giving up that many garbage points? Not really. But I think that this is a good way to take away saying. Hey, we need to continue to fight all the way to the end. Do I think that they're capable of doing it? Absolutely. And that's why I'm not concerned. Do I see any huge problems? I think the only issue that I saw in that game watching the whole thing was tackling. There was not a lot of 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 very good tackling going like on. Like some fundamental yes, type stuff. Exactly. So they tighten that up. They have two weeks now to work on Indiana, who's number 10, is going to be the hardest people that they play the entire Uh, the entire season long. So I think that uh, this is actually going to play out really well. It's unfortunate that we won't get to see Ohio State football this Saturday, but I do believe uh, that it's going to work out for the better, having two weeks and that little distaste of Rutgers in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's it's interesting that, you know, going into what I think also may be the two most interesting games on the schedule, uh, given the way that Michigan is trending right now, that you you don't get have to get or have to you don't have to play one of them and now you get I think that's a great point that extra week of preparation for an Indiana team that quite frankly if they win this week by record they will be the top team in the Big Ten East by the time you play them which is wild which is 2020 at its absolute peak but you get a, you get an extra week to prepare for it yep um, and we'll get to that uh, next episode as well uh, but, but that'll be now, an interesting one but now. Let's talk about how Mitch's prediction was just really close. I'm going to stall a little bit oh. by saying thank you to our sponsor at Raising Canes Fair for, enough. for supporting Fair this enough. podcast again <laughs> here in season three. Uh, it is a cold, chilly day in Columbus, Ohio. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing quite like on a cold day going through the drive through window. Mm. I like to do the box combo. Of course. Swap the slaw out for an extra cane sauce. Of butter both sides of that toast. It's just it's warming. It is comfort food. Uh, it, it is just, it's everything that you would want on a crisp November day. It is. It screams college football. It screams the rivalry podcast. Yes. I, my, my best recommendation for you as you head into Saturday, Hey, Ohio state's not playing. That's fine. There's still some good football games. Just because on there. you can't watch the Buckeyes this Saturday, doesn't mean you can't have the second best part of Saturday, which is Kane's chicken. I feel like Keynes would say that they're the first best part of Saturday. Maybe they're equal. I they're think equally I, best parts they are of complimentary your Saturday. Items. Complimentary uh, best parts of your Saturday. So even though the Buckeyes aren't playing, turn on the TV, watch some college football. And you know watch, what? Watch Michigan. That's what I was watch saying. Watch Michigan on Saturday night and uh, drown your sorrows in cane sauce, <laughs> Wolverine fans. Whatever you got to do. Big thanks to Raising Canes for sponsoring this podcast. I said in last week's episode that the loss to Michigan State was outside of the realm of logic for me. That as a staunch Jim Harbaugh defender, it has pushed me all the way to the very edge. I have been very lenient. I have given him a very long leash. I have worked and and supported him through multiple blowouts and and through uh, all the, I think, crazy narrative that has been thrown at him. But Michigan State pushed me to the edge. And Indiana has pushed me over. Now, I don't want to take anything away from Indiana. Like, Indiana is a 3-0 team, likely to be a 4-0 team at the end of this week. We'll play Ohio State as a battle of unbeatens. Indiana's a good football team. But the way in which Michigan lost looked exactly the same as the way they lost to Michigan State just against a more talented team. Throw the ball up in the air and trust that Michigan will either have no idea how to cover it 
or we'll tackle your receiver. That was the that was the game plan from the get go. It's Michigan jumping off sides what a dozen times, getting flagged on what seven eight of them, uh, resulting in free plays, resulting in touchdowns. Michigan had a chance to get back in the game about third fourth quarter. They were down by ten. Ball goes up. Looks like Michigan's going to get off the field. And what in the world are you doing, Vincent Gray? The ball is well past the receiver, and you tackle him. 15-yard penalty keeps the drive alive. It has it has left many of us who have been supporting Harbaugh saying, at this point, what else is there to defend? What else is there to defend? The beat writers that I've been following have made a great point where the the knock on Harbaugh was you can't win your big games. You can't beat Ohio State. You can't do this. And it was able to be – you were able to let it slide because, well, you're, you're winning the games you're supposed to, though. You're not even doing that at this point. Yeah. So I, I, I'm sitting here going, you know, I don't know if it's Jim Harbaugh in particular who needs to go. I don't know if it's Don Brown, the defensive coordinator, who needs to go. I don't know if it's both of them. But one of those three options needs to take place. This is year six. You took a program that was three and nine, that was struggling. You turned it around, and he deserves every bit of credit for that. But this is year six, and I don't know that I've ever looked at a football team and said, I don't know what I'm going to get from week to week the way that I do right now. I don't know that I've looked at a Michigan defense since about 2012, 2013, and said, I don't know you can stop anybody. Yeah, that is concerning. The thing that, that blows my mind looking into the stats of this last game was that Michigan had 1.7 yards per play more than Indiana. They almost averaged two yards more per play and still lost in the way that they did. Still lost. I mean, looking at Harbaugh now, because, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. Harbaugh is 10-8 and eight in his last 18 games. And six of those eight losses are by 17 or more points. Yep. So, I mean, he's lost by 17 or more points in the last six of eight losses before the JT was short Michigan game or so. It's debatable. <laughs> no, I heard you say JT Harbaugh, was short, and that makes this podcast that much better. Up to that Roll point. credits, everybody. No. <laughs> That's it. He was he was very clearly getting a first down on that. Let the record show. <laughs> Harbaugh was twenty and four before that game. Twenty and four. Since then, he is twenty eight and sixteen. There is clearly something that has happened, and I don't know if it's a culture problem. I don't know if people can't relate to. To Harbaugh, but even before this season started, I mean, we saw people leaving the Michigan team to go to the NFL. And as soon as the season was back, there was still some hesitancy for players to come back. but But on the opposite, my point is, on the opposite at the Ohio State program, it took forever for anybody to declare to the draft. And then when they did, they were hopping right back on. See, I think I think you are projecting too much on that. I think you can't look at a, a season like this and people's draft status and say, well, they didn't come back because they don't get along with Harbaugh. I think there's way too much projection in that. I think that's that's not a fair assessment. I do agree though that there is definitely something that has changed between the whatever it was 20 and 4 in the last however many games. There is something that's just not looking right and ultimately whether it's Don Brown or not, like Jim is responsible for that. You are responsible to let go of your defensive coordinator if it's time to do that. You are responsible to hire somebody else. You are responsible for scheme. Ultimately, it's your butt on the line when you put out a performance like that. 
And that's where I look at a team like Michigan. I'm primarily looking at the defense. Okay, I will give Josh Gaddis a pass here because I I truly believe in that guy. I believe in what he's doing. He knows how to win. Look at the talent on offense. Is the execution where you'd like it to be? No. But you're also primarily starting underclassmen right now, first-year starters. So he gets a full pass in my book. When I look at a guy like Vincent Gray or Jamon Green or, or anybody in the secondary, anybody on this defense, where you've got guys who legitimately are jumping off sides, are, are not turning to look at the football, have not turned their head all year to look at the ball. Like, that's preparation and execution. Yep. That's on coaching. Yep. And if you're telling me, well, you know, the talent, Vincent Gray is the number one guy. And again, I try to be respectful of student athletes. I understand. But if you're saying, no, he, th- this is the best that we've got. This is the talent that we have. Uh, it's not a coaching thing. It's just the talent's not there. That's still on coaching. If you're telling me that a guy who's not looking for the football is your number one corner, that is a recruiting and coaching problem. One, I don't believe that that's the problem. Two, that's still falling on you. So you have to see a change because guess what? The schedule ain't getting any easier for Michigan. We knew this was a brutal schedule coming in. And understandably so, after that Minnesota game, I'm looking at this, trying to be logical, going, okay. like have a good shot. this this is a this I could be on, a battle of undefeated at the end of the year. After that first game, I came on here and said Michigan's the real deal because of how they looked against a very good. They Minnesota looked phenomenal. Team. They yeah. they answered, and I won't belabor the point, but they answered the question of Tanner Morgan, Rashad Bateman. I said, okay, cool. They they answered that, which is what makes this so painful now. Because there's there's again there is there's we've moved past the den- the I've moved past the denial stage into the embrace. Because there's nothing else you can do. It's like I said this on Saturday during the game, put it on our Twitter account at Jace and Mitch on Twitter. I said, I feel like I'm watching a Brady Hoke team again. That is not progress. Give Harbaugh his due. He's done he he has taken this program and turned it around. But now we're seeing regression. And that's what makes this upcoming night game against Wisconsin so daunting. So uh, have you entertained because I know you're a big Michigan or you're a big Harbaugh person. You said that well, he was he was running the <laughs> leash tight, and then you said after Indiana, you you cut the leash. Have you entertained any sort of thoughts about who a potential Harbot replacement could be? Yeah, so it's interesting. I believe it was Scott Bell on Twitter, uh, Michigan beat guy, uh, does a phenomenal job. Give him a follow, but he had taken a bit of an unofficial poll and said, "Hey, give me you know Michigan fans, randos on Twitter, so nothing scientific. You know, g- give me your top three choices to replace Jim Harbaugh." First choice gets plus five points, three points, one point, whatever. And at the at the end of the list, the top names in there were guys like Brent Venables, defensive coordinator at Clemson, hmm. as a, is a high you know target from a fan perspective. Uh, Luke Fickle at Cincinnati was another one who's way up there. That would be let's pause. That would be nuts for Luke Fickle, who was you know in the wacky year he was the he was coach, coach, and you know what happened? He lost. To that team up north, he—I mean, he's—he's—he's he's, he's born here. He's got Buckeye, you know, blood. It would be nuts for him to go away from Cincinnati. I mean, it's a great program up there. It's a huge he's done football a phenomenal brand. job with it. So, in my mind, because um, Bo was a Buckeye and then committed the ultimate, the ultimate, <laughs> whatever you could call that's it, what, the that's ultimate what made it so good. grave yeah. error in going up to Michigan and, and fueling that rivalry. Do you see Fickle as a potential 
person to refuel this rivalry I, I, and do that? Or I, would you be confident if he came up to Michigan and said, I'm the, you, I'm the I, guy? I think you'd have to be. I, and I don't even know necessarily that it's a that it's a refueling of the rivalry. The rivalry is as hate is as heated uh, as it's ever been. The hatreds there, whatever. And, and we've talked about this at length on the podcast. The idea that oh, it's not a rivalry if it's not close is absolutely absurd. Right. I think what it does do is it, it gives you some, some hope. It gives you some, some fresh perspective because Jim is proving this year in particular, I wouldn't have said this before the year started, but Jim is proving that he is not the guy to do it. Or if he is, he's got to make the changes at the different positions to actually get your team where they need to be. Because we've gotten blown out by Ohio State two years in a row. And guess what? I'm going to play my hand. It's going to be three. So let me let me show you something. So yeah, so so Fickle and, and Venables, like th- those yeah. are guys that I look at and go, you know what? The argument that if you get rid of Harbaugh, who else are you going to go get? There's a couple names I'd go get. So uh, consider this name. And you're going to want to laugh, but consider this name. I'm going to shoot this down because I already know where this is going to go. Tom Brady. Okay, that's not where I thought this was going to go. Tom (laughs) Brady. So I I did some digging because I thought, you know, Tom Brady, he's pretty successful. He's like the greatest quarterback of all time. successful, sure. And he's a huge blue-blooded guy, you know. So what I'm thinking is recruiting. It would be unfair if Tom Brady were to come back. I'm not saying next year. I say I say he wins the Super Bowl this year. He retires. <laughs> he has a couple years off, starts getting that itch, and Michigan's going, hey, we could really use somebody like you. And then to go back to your alma mater as the head coach, the recruiting would be unfair. Who would not want to go and play for Tom Brady at a brand like the U of M? And then my thought was, let's do some digging on this. Has this even arisen in the past at all. And I found an article on ESPN from 2017 where somebody asks our, our, our good pal, Mr. Harbaugh, hey, what would happen if, if you heard that Tom Brady was thinking about a coaching job at Michigan? And him, his response was, quote, for Tom Brady, I would give him a deep, long bow, shake hands, and coach quarterbacks for him. I absolutely love that. Wouldn't that be nuts? I love it. I mean... You- how do you, you raise a good point. How do you change things around? And it starts with recruiting. Do I think that Jim and company have done a great job recruiting? Yeah, I do. Take a look at the names on offense. Take a look at the underclassmen. Take a look at the guys who are going pro. The amount of stars on that team. But yeah. why, if you have an opportunity to add to that, why not do it? Again, though, I will, I will suggest that I, I still, I'm trying to caveat this because again, I don't know that quarterback coach is the problem here. Uh, I think that there is either a head coach or a defensive coordinator problem, and I don't know which one. But you obviously have to be excited about anybody that you could potentially bring in down the road. But looking in the immediate future, yes. like this year, um, yeah, Venables and Fickle are going to be guys on there. You've got to make a change somewhere. Even if Jim stays, you have to make a defensive coordinator change. How many times do you have to get blown out by Ohio State? And now you can't even beat Michigan State and Indiana? Come on. And that's not to take anything away from Indiana. It's to take everything away from Michigan State because <laughs> they got blown out by Iowa. So tell me about this weekend. This weekend, a lot of this hinges on one guy, and his name is Graham Mertz. He is a freshman phenom quarterback for Wisconsin. Has played one game so far because they had COVID and uh, and have only played that first opening yeah. game against Illinois. Uh, so grain of salt, it is Illinois. We saw We saw Milton against Minnesota and made some conclusions as well. Uh, but 248 yards passing, five touchdowns. Graham Mertz, no picks. That's so it, pretty impressive. 
frankly, it looked a lot. It, the numbers were a little bit better, um, but it kind of reminds me of watching Joe Milton play Minnesota where it was, oh, can anybody stop him? And that is, side note, not yep. a knock on Milton at all. The dude's still putting up 300 yards a game. The rest of the team just isn't quite there with him. Yep. Yeah, I have your defense help you out. But Graham Mertz, the big question mark is, will he be cleared from COVID protocol? We're recording this on Thursday. Game is Saturday night. Will he be cleared for uh, from COVID protocol? If he is, that should be tomorrow on Friday. Wow. And if so, does he play? Oh, the drama. Uh, that's a big question. Uh, if he plays, I don't see how Wisconsin doesn't score 40 points plus on Michigan. I just, I, I just don't. I don't know how you go. Yeah, we couldn't stop. Checks notes. Rocky Lombardi <laughs> couldn't stop Michael Penix, but I'll bet we could start. We could stop this freshman who's playing out of his mind. I, I just don't see that. If he does not play, I believe their backup quarterback. I, I want to say Chase Wolf. I think is the backup. I'm pretty sure he's thrown one career pass. Even so, I don't know what to tell you. Was it a good one? I have no idea. It's, it was probably I no idea. Good. I mean. Ro- Throw the ball deep, Chase. Like, I don't know what else to tell you <laughs> because Michigan is clearly the secondary is not good. They're banged up on defense now. Uh, Aiden Hutchison is out. That is a massive loss, and that's why guys like him considered going pro, and some of them stayed for injury reasons exactly like that. Quiddy Pay is banged up. So I don't even know what to expect from a Michigan defense that looked bad when they were healthy. Um. Wisconsin is known for its nasty defense. Michigan's yeah. offense has talent. Will they execute? I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm less concerned with the offense because I think the talent is incredible. I don't know what the execution is going to look like. But I have a hunch that at this point, things are going to get a whole heck of a lot worse before they get better. Really? I am going to take Wisconsin, and I'm going to take Wisconsin big. Whoa. Because I, I don't know what else to tell you at this point. Whoa. I have Wisconsin 45 to 20. Whoa. I don't think Michigan can play football with them. Wow. I, I, I don't know what to think with this game. I don't know what to think. Because there's a part of me that says the program of that team up north is too big for them to just bury themselves early on three games into the season. Which means I, I want them to fight. I don't know if they have it in them. I also don't know what Wisconsin is. You know, that's, I have no fair. idea. And that's fair. I have no idea. But I, so I, I have a close game. Okay. Because I just don't know. It could go either way. For me, I've got 24 to 21 Wisconsin. Because I want I want to be wrong. I want that team to be well so that we can play them and it's fun and we show them how much better we are anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't know. Well, at, at this point, I mean, you are looking at a very realistic one in three Michigan team. And some of that can be attributed again to Wisconsin is take away all the question marks about Michigan. Wisconsin's a good football team, period. Uh, Indiana turns out is a pretty good football. Now, will they beat Ohio State? Who knows if right. anybody will. But Indiana's still a pretty good football team. Right. So you have kind of that unfortunate little back to back there mixed into the mix. Uh, with into the mix, a horrific Michigan state loss. All of a sudden, you know, if you had beat Michigan state, lost a close game to Indiana, lose to Wisconsin, you might go, you know what? That's unfortunate. It's just kind of the luck of the draw this year. It happens. The loss to Michigan state is the one that for me. And I think a lot of fans makes you go, I don't know if we're going to win another game. I genuinely don't. Can I, tur- can I turn up the mood a little bit here? Cause it's, if you it's want pretty I, sad. <laughs> honestly, I've been staring out a, a window with rainy music playing in when the background. When you try 
your best, Honestly. but you don't succeed. And we ain't even trying our best, so there's that. Too. Oh man. Okay. Else, else, other things, Buckeye fans, or just people, you know, who are excited about football. Other, other than what's happening at at the U of M, there are other good things happening. For example, Clemson has lost, and that's fun for everybody. That's fun because Clemson hasn't lost in a very long time. Are they still very much in it? Yes. It's just a fun little comedic, wow, they lost to Notre Dame, so we can all celebrate. I'm going to pause you there. Okay. Because I will just... If you're about to bring this moment back down, this is too much. Notre Dame beat a Clemson team without Trevor Lawrence. Exactly. Big freaking whoop-de-doo. Exactly. It's just fun because Clemson lost. Nobody cares. Here's the thing. That's what I'm saying. We're agreeing. Just be happy, Chase. Just be happy. I will not be happy. Notre Dame play, will play Clemson again in the ACC championship game yes. with Trevor Lawrence. Yes. Clemson by a billion. Yes. Go on. I completely agree. <laughs> I'm just excited about it. That's all. Right now, the top four is Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Clemson. Looking at the rest of the season, there is a very good chance that this is your final four because nobody on these teams plays anybody of difficulty other than Ohio State playing number 10 Indiana in two weeks. So, or a week and a half, whatever I, it is. I don't think you're going to end up with those four, though, because for that very reason, Clemson, Notre Dame play again. I don't. So you've got who? Like Texas A&M, okay, Florida, so somebody coming up there. Okay, so the three that matter are Alabama, <laughs> Ohio State, Clemson, and who knows? Because the agree. University of Cincinnati is right there. I would love that. Along with Texas A&M. I would but love that. They'll lose. Uh, so the nerd and. Also talking about the Heisman race, you know, now Justin Fields, who has just as many touchdowns as incompletions, let that sink in, 11 touchdowns and 11 incompletions. Let that sink in further. For every it, it, dropped it's, pass, it sunk. It sunk Justin in. Fields has a touchdown. That's insane. I don't think that'll last much longer. I hope it does. But right now, he's the Heisman favorite ahead of Mac Jones. And now Trevor Lawrence is back. So be aware that he could be coming back into the mix as well. I have stats like that when I play you in NCAA. So I, I kind of know a little bit of what that feels like. Look, no one cares. All right. So <laughs> looking at the rest of this, this week, everybody just needs to go out and get some canes. Okay, here's what we do. We yep. go out. We get some canes. Okay. We sit down for a very entertaining game of the team up north in Wisconsin watching the Badgers badging the team up north. Is that a word? Are you looking badging? for bludgeon? Oh, yeah. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Yikes. And then get ready for a very fun episode of the Rivalry Podcast next week as we prep for Indiana. On Twitter at Jace and Mitch. Don't forget, you can win lunch from our friends at Raising Canes when you correctly predict, not correctly predict, you just get close. Retweet the score prediction uh, on Twitter with this week's episode. You could win lunch from Raising Canes. Again, just the Michigan game to predict this week and uh, have fun with it. You know, take Wisconsin by a billion. Who's to say you won't get the lucky draw and get yourself some free chicken? On Twitter, at Jace and Mitch. We'll see you next week. It's not just a game. It's the game. You're listening to The Rivalry.